Susan Singar here with Tanya Evinger, who's facing Cindy Dandois on December 5th at the Arena Theater in Houston, Texas at Invicta FC10. According to the Unified Women's MMA Rankings, Tanya is the number 10 ranked 135-pound female MMA fighter. Congratulations on that ranking, Tanya. Thanks for joining me today. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just got done training, so I'm a little tired. Get to my training camp and uh, ready for the fight. You're less than a week away from training camp, so are you uh, ready to fight then? You know, I've been ready to fight since my last fight, so I think that training camp was long enough to last the whole year. <laughs> the first time I actually had like an eight-week training camp, so, you know, that's, that's a little long for me. I just, I've, I've been an athlete for so long, I like to have short, intense training camps, otherwise I get a little burnt out, so this, I'm ready to go. I've been ready to go. Good for you. You have a four-inch reach advantage over Cindy, so will you look to keep the fight standing then? Uh, you know what? I think that um, I think I win this fight no matter where we go. Um, I think I'm uh, a lot better than what I'm ranked, and, and it doesn't matter who I fight. I always get them comments from the same people. You know, if you beat this girl, I'll consider you top ten. Well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. I don't understand why I have to keep proving myself when I'm the one that's been here doing this for ten years. So, you know, I, I just think that, you know, it doesn't even matter. I'm always going to be the underdog in every single fight, and I just come out, and, and as long as I'm in shape, I just fight, and I think I win, so. What can fans expect to see when they tune in to the fight? Uh, for this one, you know, I want to uh, – I've been looking for a lot of, of exciting finishes. You know, I, my first fight for uh, Invicta, you know, I fought uh, Sarah Leo, and, you know, I, I went out there, and, I you know, I, I'm always scared to death when I fight. I always – I'm freaked out. I don't know if I'm good enough, but, you know, I, I just have to ha take faith in what, what I've done and, and the fact that I am good at what I do, and, and I just go out there and, and I, I try to win. And starting with that first fight for me, I, I told myself I wanted to get back to what I, I used to do, and I used to knock people out, and I used to go in there and fight hard and exciting, and, and I wanted to be that fighter, you know. So um, I went out there, and I, I my last two fights, and I've just been trying to knock people out and, and do some damage. So I think you're going to see the, the exact same, and, and uh, we'll see how durable she is. I find that hard to believe that you doubt yourself when you've been on such a winning streak. Why do you do that? <laughs> you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's every athlete. I, I think that if you don't question yourself and, and that you've done enough and if you're not scared to get in that cage, you know, um, I think there's some, probably something wrong with you. I think that, um, you know, you read it in everybody's book and everybody's interviews that they say it. And even the top fighters, you know, uh, DSP even said it. He's scared to death before he gets in the fight, you know, and the closer he gets to the ring, the more confidence he gets. And, and then, you know, I'm, I'm that same type of fighter. I, you see me run down the catwalk most of the time. And that's usually when my nerves are the most out of control. And, and I focus so much on not being, not being nervous just to keep my, my composure and, and to keep my nerves down and keep my energy. So I don't want to have a, have a little bit of a, I don't want to overreact and waste my energy being worried. So I, I try to concentrate on not getting worried and, and I just go in there and, and fight and I'm ready to, ready to go. I run down that catwalk and I want to get in there and I want the dang bell to ring and I want to, I want to start it off because that's when your nerves all go away. As soon as that bell rings, you start punching somebody. <laughs> It's interesting. It sounds to me like what you're saying really then is you don't really want to take any fight for granted. Is that is that what I'm interpreting? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I think anything can happen in the sport, and, and I've seen a lot of people lose that I, I hate watching lose. And, um, you know, I think that they're great athletes and great fighters, and, and, you know, anything can happen in there. And I can catch somebody, and they can catch me, and it just 
it comes down to uh, who's having a better day and who's on and their, their game plan works and they, they're in there and they're on their game. And, you know, I plan on being that every single fight. So uh, as long as everything keeps going my way, I think we'll, we'll see exciting fights out of me until I'm done, done fighting. Your opponent has not fought since 2011. Do you think that gives you a clear advantage? No, you know, I, I think that um, that doesn't really matter. I don't think that – I don't really think that that ring rust thing is, is really a, a deal deal breaker for a winnable fight. I think that um, – I, I just don't see that happening. I think that when I go into train, whether I've not trained in two years or whether whether I trained last week, I go in there and I, I train for a fight. I, I go into practice and I spar hard and we do MMA and we hit each other and, and I fight every single day of practice. So – to come into a fight and have ring rust, I, I, I think that is just considerably wrong training. You know, I, I think that you trained wrong for you not to be ready. If you're, if you're training right for a fight, you, you should have fought how many times in the gym through your training camp to get to that point. So, you know, I just think that um, mental, a mental game is a big part of it. I think that people don't come in with the confidence and, and their head right to, to win a fight. So I think that's where, where that ring rust so-called comes into play. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective. Um, so, India Gomez recently took to social media and wrote this, and I quote her, you just got lucky, Tanya. Next time you won't. I promise next time it will be different. Mark my words. Good luck at your next fight. We will be facing each other soon. I want my rematch. I know you're not a coward. That's why you are going to give me a rematch. Well, are you going to give her a rematch? <laughs> You know what? Uh, she also said that she let me hit her in the face, and I've never had a fighter ever in my life let me hit them in the face. Um, I think that's the complete opposite. You don't want to get hit in the face. I try not to get hit, you know. So um, I think that's the most ridiculous statement that she's – and the more she got into all the stuff that she was writing, calling me out and stuff, the more ridiculous she sounded. I, I just think that uh, that's her trying to talk her way into a title fight or into some kind of – getting back on track to the exposure she thought she was getting, you know, and before that fight, you know, she, her and her whole team, they, they posted all kinds of pictures and how I'm nobody. And I don't know who I'm getting in the ring with and this and that. And and that goes back to me saying, you know, I think that people have underestimated me and, and, you know, everybody was saying, you know, you beat India Gomez and we'll consider you top 10. And like, who's India Gomez? You know, I've, I've been doing this a long time before her and I've seen her fight with the dude on the internet, and I think that's a joke of a fight. I think that she has better fights when she fights females than that she fought versus that dude. I just think that that's a, that's just ridiculous. So, you know, I I think she's trying to talk her way into a uh, into a fight, and and uh, you know, she's she's definitely playing with the wrong person because I am definitely great at a war of words so i can make fun of that girl all day long so you know bring it on but uh now i i think that um like i said since day one welcome to 135 the talent is uh deeper and um the girls are tough man 145 i just don't see as a stacked weight class so you know to come into 135 and think that you're going to be top ranked and, and just kill everybody is 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 just a really really ignorant way of thinking i think that our weight class is, is really stacked and and you know beat somebody beat somebody in, in 135 earn your way back up but as of right now i mean i didn't get hit once in that fight i dominated that fight it'd be different if i just caught her in an arm bar but i was mounted 
punching her, elbowing her, and she turned over because she didn't, because, you know, apparently she was letting me hit her in the face. <laughs> so she turned over, you know, and gave me that, that submission. I don't even go for submissions. I don't practice submissions. I don't go for submissions. I, I strictly try to beat people up. So, you know, um, that showed how easy that fight was for me. I just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that I, I don't think that uh, me and her fighting is going to come very soon. I think that she's a wishful thinking right now. So. Okay. Speaking of rematches, you lost to Gina Carano in 2007 by a rear naked choke. If she returns to fight, would you like to fight her again? And do you feel you could be victorious this time since you have improved so much as a fighter? Uh, hell yes. I think I should have been victorious last time. I think that, um, that was one of them cases of, uh, ring rust, <laughs> but you know, it wasn't, uh, I, I went into that fight and I, I was mentally just not on my game and, you know, they didn't have a area for me to warm up. They, it was kind of a, a joke, man. They jerked me around so many times before that fight. I just was like, man, this is like a, a fight that they're trying to get me to lose. I had to warm up outside. I, I just, it, it was the most ridiculous fight and, I remember taking her down and, and hitting her a couple times and thinking, like, this is too easy. This is way too easy. And then all of a sudden my brain just clicked off and I just didn't want to fight anymore. It had nothing to do with me getting caught in a choke because if everybody looks at the video, I, I clearly I, I heard him tap the 10-second, you know, slap on the table and shit. And I, I knew that the fight was almost over. I just didn't want to go into the second round. I, I just completely broke down and, and I don't know what happened. I can't explain it. But... um you know, I think that until you're in that situation, you don't know, but you see it with a lot of fighters. You saw it this year on the Ultimate Fighter this season with uh, Lisa Ellis. You know, I, I just think that it's just one of them things where your your head just isn't right and, and things are going completely different than I guess you'd imagined or guess that everybody's portrayed in, at this fight going this way. And, and I think that um, it played a big part of me losing that fight. So will I ever get a rematch? Hell no. I don't think she'll ever give me a rematch, you know, but um, – you know, I would take it. I would take any rematch I've ever lost, so. You have two twin brothers that are also professional MMA fighters. What advice do you give them, and do they listen to their big sister? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't think they listen anymore. They used to. You know, <laughs> okay. Pop them in the face a couple times, you know. No, uh, they're great guys. You know, they grew up to be really good. and They pretty much followed me in every sport, and uh, I don't think they ever wanted to listen to me, but... Um, my one brother, he just fought. He lost, which kind of sucks. I think that um, he's an amazing athlete. He has more heart than anybody I know in any sport. It's it's amazing to watch him, but he's in a, a robot, you know, and if he doesn't get the right training, he doesn't win. And I, I feel like, you know, I trained him for a while, and I would come out there and do camps and stuff with him, and I feel like that's the best I've ever seen him fight. And, you know, the older he gets, the more he kind of argues back because he, he also is a coach and, coaches his kids in wrestling and does a lot of stuff he also knows the game and how it goes and I think that it, it comes down to him just getting older and more educated and he's like no I'm going to do it this way and I'm like no you're going to do it my way <laughs> so you know but you know um they, they've kind of learned and and my brother was my wrestling partner all growing up through high school and junior high and stuff wrestling so you know they've learned a lot from me and and they've moved on to be uh bigger stronger athletes of course but uh I don't know it worked out it worked out. Tell me one thing no one knows about you. Oh, one thing. Uh, I'm, I don't know. I'm a puzzle freak. <laughs> I, 
I build puzzles like crazy. I I I pretty much uh, do anything that's hands-on. I like building stuff. I like just doing anything that's hands-on. I can pretty much put anything together and make anything work. So maybe that's, that's why I'm, I'm good at talent. this sport. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's a good secret talent. I like that. <laughs> now we have some questions from some MMA fans on Twitter. And, Tanya, you'll be glad to hear that you are very popular. You have a lot of fans out there and some great questions. Our first question is from Jeff De Los Santos, Jeff D. MMA. He wants to know, who has been your toughest opponent so far in your career? Oh, gosh, I can't even, I can't even say. I, I think that um, everybody I fought, I think that I should have beat. I think that um, the only reason I've lost is because I've made stupid mistakes, I just got too wild, or, or I came in out of shape, clearly, or my head just wasn't right, and I think that that's, that's what you see throughout my whole career, is, is if I'm in the right frame of mind, in the right, going the right direction, I win fights, so, you know, I, I would have to say, uh, my toughest fight so far would probably be Alexis Davis, although I, the first time I fought, although I, I feel like I was kicking her ass up until the time I got checked out, I, I took that on a four-day Notice I hadn't right, trained or right. fought in like two years, you know, and, and they called me and they said, it's a main event, you want to take it? And I said, what are you paying? And they said, this and you'll get a rematch. If you, if you know, we'll give you a couple more fights and then you'll get a rematch. We realized it's short notice. And so I, I took it, you know, and I, I went out there and I thought, you know, I'm going to try to finish her as fast as possible. You know, I, I had full mount multiple times. I had her back. I just, I was dominating that fight. I don't feel like she was as tough as me. I just feel like it was the right time for her, you know, and, um, and it, the, definitely the fight went her way. So being the toughest fight because it was the toughest challenge for myself, I was so out of shape. I, I, I remember feeling so bad. I was, I was throwing up for like an hour after that fight, my adrenaline and just everything. It just made me sick. Oh, I just, wow. it was horrible, horrible experience. The most pain I've ever had. And, and like, just after the fight, just, I don't know if anybody's ever been tired, but in this sport, it really sucks to be tired that tired and then have somebody beating on you. So, you know, it's it's a, definitely a different experience. So that would probably be my toughest fight and it was all my fault actually, so <laughs> Jackson Herod wants to know, what has been your biggest challenge in this sport so far? Uh just getting fights, being able to maintain um my activeness and and, and getting on, on fights that I think that I should be on the cards and stuff, and you know, Strike Force is a big example of that. I fought for Elite XC, and they, when they went under, Strike Force had my contract, and they never fought me once. And and I think you're seeing the same thing with UFC by them not putting me on cards, which is fine because I love Invicta, and I love fighting for Invicta. They treat me great; they're a great promotion, and they let me let me fight, so they keep me active. And I think that that's a main thing that that's happened in this sport is you know it, it became popular, and everybody and their mom wanted to fight, and the next thing you know just being able to stay licensed in the fees and training and all this stuff. We did a lot of people out of the sport. And then, you know, the fight, the fights, just people stopped coming. The promoters don't want to promote their own shows. They want these kids to sell tickets and stuff and, and do the work for them. And I just think that that's, that's uh, where everybody's lacking in the sport. So then you can't, you can't keep these promotions going and, and the fights just aren't there. Now that females, of course, are getting some, more action now that we're doing the UFC. I think that the females are starting to come back, but um, it was definitely it's definitely been hard to keep active. Yeah, I'm encouraged. So excited that you know Ultimate Fighter is all female this year because I've been waiting for that 
you know, for the females to get the respect in the sport. So it's been slow coming, but at least uh, it's a lot better than what it was, <laughs> for sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. Now we got to just worry about the paydays being the same, which I don't ever see that happening, but, man, it would be nice. <laughs> right. Cord Crothers at Elite Cord wants to know, he has a comment. I do. How is she so freaking awesome? I don't know. I was born that way. I was born like this. No, no you know, I um, I think uh, I get a different reaction. Some people love my personality and, and they, they accept it. And some people, man, they just hate on me like crazy. They they don't know me. They they believe rumors. They believe this person, that person. They they just don't know me. But I'm definitely a, a comedian. Most of the stuff I say is, is definitely dry humor and, and uh, just mess with people and just to make people laugh. But um you know, the people that definitely get me and get my personality have met me in person, you know, they, they definitely change their views of me and, and uh, get to know me. And I, I'm definitely just a good time. I don't know. I like to have fun. I like to laugh. And uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be doing any of this. I got to stay out of the bore, boring, boring, boring world. So I got to do make myself laugh all the time, I guess. <laughs> I'm a little crazy. Great to hear. A little out there. Sasha Kretschmar, at official Sachuk, wants to know, what do you think of Chrissy Cyborg? Oh, I don't know. I think that uh, she's probably been waiting to kick my butt for a long time from that interview I did a long time ago, me and Gina. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think that uh, the fight between me and her is definitely uh, people have pushed it like crazy. But, you know, I don't think that people are on the same level as as the way things are going and, and and seeing reality, what's going on, I think that um, I think that she's looking for that fight with Ronda, and I think that she just wants to whoop Ronda. She doesn't care about Invicta, doesn't care about who she fights. She just wants to get in there and fight people, the top people, you know. So um, I'm just that person that will fight anybody. I say it, and right, I can't go right. back on it after I say it. I feel like such a turd if I said, I'll fight anybody, and then they're like, you want to fight this girl? Uh, no. I mean, I would have done that my last fight because India is definitely a scary-looking girl, you know. So um, I just I'm that, I just will fight anybody. I feel like I, I do – when I don't have a fight lined up, I have full confidence in my skills and my abilities. So I just got to remember that because so, as soon as I get a fight, I'm like, oh, no, shoot, you know. So, But uh, everybody goes through that. So – I just don't want to be that fighter that says I'm a fighter and I'm not really a fighter. So I'm going to get in there and I'm going to fight everybody and I'm going to do the best I can and, and I'm going to try to win every single fight. So uh, it's, it's a, different, uh, a different mentality for me. And, and she's definitely, if you're in my weight class and, and, and you want to fight me, I guess I want to fight you too. So I, I'll fight her. I definitely would fight her. i fight anybody. Spoken like a true warrior for sure. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Now we have some questions from Jules at Jules Who's, and she has several questions for you. What did your boss think of fighting, supporting or annoyed? Remember Amanda Bell Dickoff's boss fired her recently. Um, I guess my boss is, uh, my boss is pretty, pretty supportive. Uh, he doesn't care what I do as long as I come work every once in a while. <laughs> you know, so... Um, it's it's pretty crazy. That's the reason I've been in construction my whole life is I've been able to take time off and, and leave and do whatever and then come back and work. So, you know, it's just one of them jobs where I don't have to be so committed to a, a you know, six-day-a-week, you know, five-day-a-week job. I, I right. can come and go and work the hours I want. And, and you know, I, I'm really good at what I do, so I get it done fast. And, you know, he's just happy that uh, 
I come to work, I think. So <laughs> although I haven't been there all week, I'm, I'm trying to take some time off to focus on this fight and train and cut some weight and, and just be ready. So, you know, I've never had anything bad with any of my bosses. Everybody's been pretty supportive, every company I've worked for, you know, and I guess if they, they did have a problem, then I wouldn't work for them. So, you know, it's all about support. Speaking of support, Jules Hools also wants to know, do individual fans give you support? She truly believes that more fans should offer what they can, not just quote-unquote like. Yeah, you know, I've, I've had some uh, I've had some, um, some of my fans actually put money into my PayPal account to help my training camps. Wow, that's um, they, great. You know, my girlfriend, she has a fan, um, a great guy. He sends her tons and tons of books, all the big name fighters that come out with books, man. She has so many books she's got to read, and, and he sends her money all the time to help her with stuff. And it and it's crazy, you know. I, I, think that, uh, I think that that's awesome. Of course, I would never ask anybody, you know, I, I – I would never expect anything from anybody, you know. It's great to just have sponsors that want to get their name out there and, and put their logo on your gear and help support you. But, you know, this sport is definitely expensive, and it, it has been since I've started wrestling. Wrestling is a really expensive sport. you got to pay to play, and, you know, until you get big name and, and, and get out there and start making some money, it's it's really costly. And, you know, that's kind of blows my mind about amateur fighters. They They can't have sponsors. They don't get paid. They don't have nothing to supplement their income, they have to pay for their training because they're amateurs and gyms won't let them train for free. They have to pay for their gear because sponsors, they're just anti fighters and they don't, they, they don't want to give them any gear for free and stuff. It, it's a really catch 22 in this sport. And, you know, thank God I'm a, I'm a pro and I started when I did and I built my name. So I've always had some support here and there to help me out and, and some sponsors that have stuck with me throughout my whole career, whether I was winning, whether I was losing, when I was just training, you know, they've always come through for me and, and done great things. And, you know, it, it's it's a big part of, of making this work. And, you know, I, I, I don't know. It's it's weird. I, I definitely would never never say no because everything helps. But um, I, I wouldn't expect anything from anybody. I appreciate everything everybody's ever done for me. I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for my fans and my friends and sponsors and everybody who's helped me out. So... Final question from Jules at Jules Hools. Do you go on autopilot when you fight, or are you conscious of the moves you're doing? I think every fight's different. Um, I remember when I first started fighting, my first fight, I remember getting out there and just throwing down, and and I couldn't even remember the fight afterwards. And I still have fights like that where I just can't even remember what happened in there. I don't know what I did. I don't even know. But I, I think it's just repetition in the gym. Just like I said, going in there and fighting. I don't go into the gym and just train boxing and just train jiu-jitsu and just train this. I go in there and train MMA. And I think that by doing that every day, my body knows what to do. I know what to do, you know, and, and you know, whether I think about it or not. Although I do get in situations where it's a deja vu, and I think that's just from going over certain situations over and over and over. And you and that's what the deja vu is. You recognize that position. You've been in that position before, and, and you know what to do from there. And, and that's when you, you start to feel comfortable and, and things start to come together. And then you can start hearing your cornermen telling you stuff to do. Yeah, I definitely feel feel different every every time. I, sometimes I'm so into the fight and my nerves are going, I can't hear a dang thing my corner's saying. And then sometimes I can hear everything they say and, and I, I just do it, you know. They see stuff I don't and, and I feel stuff in there that they don't see. So it's 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 different. It's different every time. It's also often hard to hear because the fans are cheering so loud. I often wonder how the fighters can hear anything at all 
from their oh, corner. No. I've been so, I've been in fights where I've lost my voice trying to coach my my fighter, and I'm like, shut up, people! <laughs> like they can't hear a dang thing I'm saying. And it's more when when the females are fighting too. It gets so loud when the right. females are fighting. So it's it's definitely hard. In some fights, they don't want you to sit cage side. You know, I, my girlfriend fought out in Vegas, and I had to sit back in the first row. That was like 20 feet from the cage. I I can't coach huh. from from the crowd that's the most ridiculous thing i've ever done and and it's really hard you know in in situations like that you better have trained right because can't count on your cornerman that's for sure <laughs> right right ufc 181 at talk mma wants to know you were in quite a slump he'd like to know what changed in your life that turned you into this well-oiled machine <laughs> you know i i don't uh i don't agree with that comment i think that um i definitely was never in a, a slump or anything i think that it comes down to what we talked about before being able to stay right. active. I, I, I just, um, I quit fighting at some point around 2007, 2008, around 2008, I think just for the fact I, I quit fighting until like 2010 when I fought Alexis Davis because I couldn't find fights. I could not find fights anywhere. There was nobody that wanted to pay, you know, and I, I felt like I'd put so much time and I had so many fights that I, why would I go back and pay? That's like, taking a job, earning my way up to an engineer position and then going back and working for Walmart or I mean McDonald's or something, right, you know, right. it, it just, it just doesn't make sense to me. And so right. I was just like, you know, I was frustrated. I was like, I screw it. I quit. I'm just not even going to focus on it anymore. And I focused on work, you know, and then an opportunity came and uh, with that fight with Alexis and I, I took it and I take every opportunity that comes, you know, if it, unless it's completely outrageous. And I, I of course say no, but man, it, it just comes down to inactivity and, and being able to keep these at, athletes active and you know I, I see I see it from both sides I've, I've been on the side where I've thrown shows and I've match make shows and and I like to to put people on cards and stuff and I've had so many fighters contact me and they just beg to get on the card and I, I wish I could put them all on the card I really do I wish I could pay everybody better I wish I could do a lot more I wish I could you know I owned a gym for a while and I didn't make any of my fighters pay especially my amateurs because I know how it is you know they're they're struggling and I know I've been there on that side of it. So, you know, it's, it's a struggle on, on both ends. And, um, if you got a good promoter, you know, they do the best for you and, and the best they can. And, you know, athletes are doing their job too. So it just comes down to being inactive and, and that's it. My, my record definitely shows that I, I've never really, you know, gotten a slump where I, I've lost multiple fights in a row. You know, I think the most I've ever lost is like two in a row and then I got right back on track. So, but I am that fighter that takes short notice fight so <laughs> it's always usually been my fault well i think it makes it more exciting for the uh fans to know that you're ready to fight so uh and you're ready to step up to the plate i think that people have a respect for fighters that do that so yeah anything else you'd like to add today um no i'm just excited to uh get back in there i'm excited to to see a Vic to get out of kansas city <laughs> you know um Okay. Don't get me wrong. I like Kansas City because that's where I'm from. But um, there's so many places, so many people that are fans of women's MMA, and to bring um, to bring this event around is just is just awesome. I mean, if we could just get more people to buy tickets and more people to promote it and more people to get on online and push it, I mean, I think that's the main thing that's going on. And you know, the more ticket sales we see out here in Houston, hopefully we can come back again and. and and bringing some local talent with some out of town talent and stuff like that. But man, I just can't give, I can't give any more thanks to Shannon for, for stepping up and keeping this promotion alive. You know, I know she went through a lot of stuff 
when they, they kind of had their trouble and switched owners and all that stuff happened with them. So the fact that they're still running and, and doing so good and, and uh, surviving is just an amazing, amazing accomplishment. And, and to see the talent, I mean, look at look at half the girls are all going on to, you know, UFC and they're they're getting televised and they're getting good coverage. And I don't know if you saw the last Invicta, but it was a bloody mess, a bloody mess. It was. <laughs> it was great, was though. I mean, though. I, oh, my God, so much hard. I've seen so many girl fights where somebody throws a – a little paw at somebody, they're pawing at each other and the girl turns and doesn't want to fight anymore. So to see, you know, I, and I think that's where we don't get the respect that we deserve because that, that promotion has straight talent, has girls with heart, has fighters that are in there to fight. And, and it's just amazing, amazing um, to watch, you know, all these girls are new. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of jealous. I had to take 10 years to learn all this shit. <laughs> and these girls would come right. in and have MMA fighters as coaches, not just a wrestling coach or a boxing coach or this guy that thinks he can teach you how to fight, you know. So it's awesome. They're getting fast-tracked to uh, to the sport and, and becoming just amazing athletes and talent talent out the, out the window, man. It's just crazy. I definitely want to um, give a shout-out to my manager, which is Jay from Fresh Start. Uh, Pearl Bar, Summerton Renovation, Made. Sent the bag, Lucky's Automotive, Unique Kennels, um, Dudley from uh, Dudley Robinson from MMA event sponsors, um, MMA signatures, Westside Chevrolet out here, which is awesome. I got a freaking local sponsor that's amazing, and uh, Pro Dealer did my uh, shirts this time, which is awesome. Pro Teens, Iron Jaw did my mouthpiece. Face It Fighter Fight Gear is awesome. They hooked me up with a shit ton of gear. Uh, tap or sleep, elevate a new gym that I'm I'm just going to. I don't believe in that CrossFit stuff very often, but they got me in there. And man, I'm hurting today. I can't get out of bed now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're they're great. Thank God I got all these sponsors. Jay's been amazing, amazing manager. So I'm happy to be signed with him, and he's done nothing but great things since I've I've uh, started working with him. So definitely big thanks to him. Thanks for taking the time to speak with me today, Tanya. I want to remind our viewers you can follow Tanya on Twitter at T-O-N-Y-A-E-V-I-N-G-E-R. And I want to wish you good luck on your fight at Evicta FC 10 on December 5th from Houston, Texas. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you.